Welcome back to this very special part two of the two-part Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast Q&A. Thank you very much for all the people who contributed to that and for coming along for the ride. I'm going to hit the ground running, presuming that you guys have, are tuning in again after having heard us intro yesterday. You're going to say who you are? Nice. <laughs> hey, man, I tell you, every single time I do this, I read it. We, we, we have done like uh, 200 episodes, and I read it every single time. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. And Brad Binkley, I have a question for you. What's that? David wants to know... Are there any political races in Georgia right now that have you excited or interested? If so, which ones? I don't want to say excited. <laughs> but You're I'm excited. interested in the <laughs> campaign between John Ossoff and Senator David Perdue for his Senate seat, mainly because we did a lot of research on John Ossoff a couple of years ago when he was in the special election against Karen Handel. And his dad was never around, which makes you presume that maybe something happened to him. It wasn't his life. But when you look it up, you realize that that's not the case. His dad is still married to his mom and still very much fine. And that makes you wonder, why is his dad never at campaign rallies? Why is his dad never says a word, talks about his mom, never says a word about his dad? Well, it's because his dad's, by all accounts, been in the deep state since the 60s. Or 70s. He was part of the war on drugs. He worked in the I think Nixon administration. Yeah, the Nixon administration, war on drugs, which is totally anti progressive. You know, and Ossoff and is talk about race. Ossoff's I mean, company, Ossoff, is presented as a filmmaker, an investigative journalist who is the CEO of this award winning film company. Now, here's what happened with that that was already an award winning film company in the UK that was bought by, I don't know what money was used to buy it. I would presume that his father had something to do with it. And then John Ossoff was put in the position of CEO of an already successful film company. So he's just a, he's a letterhead while the real work, this guy's not going out and doing investigative film work and documentaries while also campaigning every day and supporting Stacey Abrams with every word she says. It's a freaking joke. And his dad... On top of that, worked for McKinsey. He was a consultant for the McKinsey Company, which is another deep statey type organization. And his dad gets, he buys yachts that he gets custom made in Taiwan, I believe he gets them custom made. Oh. And Taiwan there's images of his dad yeah. riding his yacht around China with Chinese diplomats on the yacht with him and a Chinese flag flying from his father's yacht as they are parading around China in that yacht. So there's a lot of strange deep state international globalist connections with his father and they keep his father in the shadows, which makes me more suspicious of it. There's something weird going on with that family. Well, I, I that is very interesting. And if he was in with Nixon, Nixon opened up China. I mean, he could have been in bed with China for the longest time. And Hunter Biden and James Bulger and uh, yeah. all those guys, Chris Hines, they're all in bed with China. And he's China. got a firm. The firm he has right now, the consulting training firm, they bring in CIA agents to train people on messaging and, and all kind of. It's just the, I mean, the guy works with People at the highest levels. His dad. Oh, that is a film thing. Remember, you were telling me about that TV show that they were bringing in CIA people. It was Homeland. 
Oh, yeah. 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 But I don't think that that season ever really panned out with the Russian interference because COVID. Well, yeah. Well, Russian interference did pan out. It hasn't panned out in real time in reality yet. It's not over yet. Yeah. Election crisis 2020. So the one race I am interested in in Georgia, of course, is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is the QAnon, as she calls it, supporter or non-denier. And I think my impression of her is that unlike Jordan Peterson, she is authentic, which I think Jordan Peterson is authentic. But I think she is she is working against her own cause because they're using her as a lightning rod for nuttiness or I don't know what. And uh, it's not going to turn out well. She stands her ground. She has the nerve. Uh, I did see her interviewed on a local channel and the guy was totally let her talk, asked her questions and that kind of thing. I can't believe there are any stations left who would do that without being allowed to do that. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, maybe you could get on some local stations and I yeah, yeah, no, I I a year ago I would have totally not thought twice about it cuz yeah. we were on a local station that you could say whatever you want on and you can't. So, and then that Sinclair thing, they were all getting scooped up by the big guys. I think that getting rid of all the little guys was a part was kind of essential to have that lockstep in the face of a pandemic which was part of the all the simulations. Yeah. So Okay, so we did that have voluntary Nick. Do you think it's possible to reverse the civilizational decay before a full collapse? Or do you think a collapse is necessary before civilization can be rebuilt again? Or in other words, do all norms and customs need to collapse before we begin to appreciate them once more and reestablish them as a foundation on which to build a civilized society? I have a two-part answer to that. One is, when I read Ted Kaczynski, he was saying that not only does civilization have to collapse, but you have to destroy all technology. You cannot leave anything standing. I mean, if you can't make it yourself, then you cannot bring it into the next world or it will be immediately exploited to rob the autonomy of action and purpose from the individual and anybody who wants to fight this revolution and maintain any level of technology after it is setting you up. So that's that would be his position. And then I'll also say this James C. Scott, when I'm reading Against the Grain, basically has convinced me that all civilization is has is built on taxation and slavery in that in the state of nature, you you can adapt the land to something you can live off. But when you start going to like single grain cultivation, which gives you that surplus to build a monumental civilization where the big guys take your stuff and big build big buildings. I just started listening, looking at civilization differently in that civilization is really that monumental thing, which isn't for the individual. So I would say, let's look at civilization differently. Yeah. You kind of have to pull it down. Probably it's probably happening anyway, but but th- with the goal of building it back up again, ultimately, that's the problem. Yeah, I. when it comes to a collapse, I don't think a collapse would be the way that you might envision it or the way that we might see it in a movie where it just total, complete collapse over the course of a couple of weeks. It could be. It very well could be. But I think it 
would probably, and maybe we're potentially going through some version of this right now, like changing out the slats in a wooden boat, a wooden ship, in that you change it out a slat at a time as, as one slat gets kind of you know, muffed up, you change that slat, then you change another, then another, then after a couple of years, you realize that you're standing on a completely different boat, all, but that boat was created almost outside of your perception because it was slow and gradual and they were just knocking them out one at a time. And we see the norms changing. It's kind of accelerated over the past couple of years, I would say, but that gradual seeding of cultural propaganda has caused the public to scream out or at least not not oppose strongly enough to the changing of norms. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Civilization is changing. Maybe it's going in the wrong direction. I mean, definitely going in the wrong direction until something happens. I don't know what. <sighs> Probably it has to collapse in on itself. Okay, Todd wants to know, I work at Trader Joe's. What's the deal with the coin and paper money shortage? What do you think, Binkley? I think people are afraid to use coin and money. Oh, I you think do? people have been... Yeah, I, people aren't using it. They're not putting it into circulation. They might be hoarding it in their homes. But I, I think like, a lot of people are not. Some people are probably hoarding it. Others just don't want to touch it because they're afraid they're getting coronavirus. There are places here in L.A. where they're not accepting paper money, which I believe is a I was going to say a sin. I think it's illegal. I think it's unconstitutional. So I think that it's that I, I think the best guess is that it's being pulled back by the top in order to accelerate the desire for digital digi dollars, federal dollars. There were some cities to find out where exactly that was that were making their own currency that started to pop up. Really? Yeah. Creating their own their own way to I think that's when Bernard Baruch said we've got to go in and get Hitler because Hitler was making like a currency that was just domestic it was like one unit of labor yeah kind of thing somebody uh, well, Todd asked us, did say he worked at Trader Joe's Trader Joe's was in the news a few weeks ago because they were being accused of having racist product names and at the time Trader Joe's fought back against it they didn't they did not bend the knee I don't know Todd you can let us know if that's still the case because well, they have Trader Jotties and stuff like Trader Giuseppe or whatever like Trader so they they uh, I think it's cultural appropriation yeah rather than but I did want to somebody else was asking about Bitcoin and I do feel like Bitcoin is a gateway I, I'm happy for anybody who has it wants to use it totally fine with me but i feel like the it is a it is getting people on board with the cashless society which can be used for total surveillance all the time you can never have tax-free uh transactions or anything like that they know exactly what you're doing where you're spending your money they can turn off access to that if you're socially unacceptable and it's a gateway to negative interest rates so i think there are a lot a lot of problems to moving to the digi dollar because don't forget the digi dollar is going to have an exchange rate with cash it's meant to fade out phase out cash and i think that all this stuff is a stepping stone to that which is coming What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. All right. Next question, Richard. 
says, my wife and I do not agree with government mandated requirements to wear masks. While we will continue to support, we will continue support of a local butcher shop that has been coerced into requiring masks by the local government. We refuse to patronize national brands like Kroger, Walmart, that uh, what would your workaround be to not patronize large box stores for groceries and household items? People were telling me that and it was a great plan when the big, big manufacturers, meat manufacturers were going down. They said, you can get it locally sourced, like from the farm, even meat and stuff, which is great. And I thought that's that's a great backstop and maybe we should actually go embrace that. And then I heard Legal Man on his podcast, The Quash, say that point out that the reason so I thought they were just I couldn't really understand or I didn't put my finger on it the way he did why middle sized companies are just getting targeted by this they're going to go away and big size companies are going to benefit from the federal money and and the whole crisis and he pointed out that it's the big companies that will be able to and be willing to institute total surveillance take just to make go along with the with the way money is exchanged there's going to be no way around it there's no if walmart passes a nationwide rule everyone is going to follow it and that's the very point so yes please do support your locals but when the system is against them they might not survive anyway yeah i would find local options there's probably local options that we often don't realize maybe people are selling out of their homes but if there's a forum or I don't know about that. I was going to say the next door app maybe, but the next door app has really turned into just a propaganda machine lately. You can hardly say anything on there. Look for local options. And if you find local options, tell your friends about the local options, promote the local options. I try not to go to those big, big box unless I have to. And I do have to from time to time. Garden. Yeah. Neighbors. Neighbors feed and seed is a great place to go for Yeah. And to probably communicate with other people. Janiah points out that, she they she owns they own a small local grocery chain and she uh you can also order okay. online. Sorry. She said she owns a local grocery chain and what they're trying to do is find co-ops that source from independent manufacturers who make even things like household cleaning products, toiletries, food and natural health items. So you can find a grocery, maybe somebody like neighbors, I don't know what their policies are. It's a lot of work to get but it's to find the local places that help you source locally would be great. And there, pro- there will be some that survive. And at least it'll be a nice little safety net for you. So good luck to Janiah fighting the good fight. All right. Next. Joe. Question. Joe is funny. Joe is. Joe is. Uh, he, he, it, this, this question. Did you get get to the end of it? I was trying to like figure out what <laughs> order to put the questions in and. I happens upon the end of I saw the question. first part of it. How do you guys decide what to believe? I assume it's on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, let's just start with that. Yeah, case-by-case case, when it comes to news stories, when it comes to what I believe. My presumption for most news stories is that at the very least, they're going to be lie by omission at the very least out of con I, I pretty much assume that it's going to be presented out of context and i try to find that context to get a better understanding of it asking who what when where why and why does it matter and yeah that's what i do with that and if i too easily agree with something like right away before going through the whole story then i become suspicious of that easy agreement and i look a little bit deeper at it 
I have a couple of approaches and I always have. It's getting actually easier and not harder, in my opinion. I always, I think Corbett brought this up first, but I believe he said that almost everything is open source anyway. Even the government in their intel uses open source. It's not a secret. They don't have people on the ground. And the way that they evaluate it is they assess the credibility of the source. So do you know whether that source has credibility or not? And the plausibility of the information. Does the narrative make sense? I still use that. And then I use that plus what I used to call truth dar, but I actually like the classic uh, virtue, it's almost, of discernment to be able to tell right from wrong, good from bad, truth from non-truth. And I see in, so you have to use that all the time because the information that you need, because we're not out there on the ground investigating, the information that you need is is in the sources that exist. And you have to use that credibility, plausibility, and discernment to figure it out. But the reason I say it's getting easier is that basically anything that will bring you an unadulterated truth is getting purged. So anything that's out there getting 80% of the traffic on the web has been curated for that purpose. And that you have to approach with extreme caution. And then there's the next layer where it's there to make you think that it's alternative so that you buy it hook, line, and sinker. Be even more skeptical there, in my opinion. But I recognize the patterns. I think I'm pretty good at it. I will say this about plausibility. Yes, stories do have to be plausible, but propagandists know this, and some of the greatest, biggest lies are hidden behind an alternative, plausible explanation. Absolutely. But most of this stuff is totally implausible. And the reason people buy it is that they don't think that anyone could lie to them that big. That's true. That's true. And as well. I'm saying, like, don't, if it looks weird to you, so like the Chicago power outage. They said a completely weird, random tunnel of wind shot off of whatever and through Chicago, completely rare and bizarre, happened to cause a 200,000 person outage just on the night they were afraid of riots. Yeah. So it's very, very unusual and it serves a purpose. It was like a happy coincidence. And I mean that I'm going to say you, you're going to have to do better than just tell me that's what happened. I'm not accepting and that. The way the CIA trains their analyst is they trained them to, at least in their old analyst training manual from maybe 10 years ago or so, they trained them to take the theory that they have, which is basically the scientific method is what, now that I'm saying it out loud, and you try and prove your theory wrong. Because psychologically, we are compelled to look for information that proves what we believe to be right to the exclusion of all information that undermines it. So to counteract that bias you try and prove your theory wrong as a way of trying to strengthen your theory oh that's great yeah so it's it's like to counter confirmation bias but you have to do it with a real open mind yeah i agree with that and that's when we can go back to the earlier conversation about whether you can blame people for being thick-headed and i would say it's self-indulgent to be thick-headed like that and it takes a certain amount of discipline to have that open mind. And that's absolutely critical. I say you put your finger on the most critical thing about, I think, why I, I'm, I'm pretty good at this because I really don't have an agenda. I really want to know what the truth is. I'm pretty yeah. open minded. Yeah. And when they get people so engaged in it emotionally, then all of that other stuff, they just want to win. They just want to be right. They just want to satisfy that, ur that emotional urge that's created with it. 
I, I without reading Joe's entire thing, which goes into, uh, it's a, well, let's just go to the ending because it's funny. He says, so it all goes back to, because he goes into his reasoning. If government does it, it's probably criminal and not in our best interests. I'm trying to pare down my outrage and focus more on things I can control. Some things I can't control but need to deal with are the four fucking carbs on my 1981 Honda bike. Four. Damn it. I can fix almost anything, but the stupid bike is being evilly obnoxious and running like crap on purpose. It might be time to call in a priest. It sounds like some sabotage to be some operatives come in and does some simple sabotage on your bike. Right. So you have to discern the true cause of that problem, Joe. And in the meanwhile, I will pray for you. (laughs) A big welcome to our latest sponsor, an avid member of the Propaganda Report community, True Hemp Science, experts in CBD with a huge variety of premium CBD from different farms and with different cannabinoid profiles all in one place. Go to truehempscience.com slash prop report for your special offer. Chris asks, what is the best book on 9-11? And I, I will say, I'm not sure I have a favorite book. I have a favorite movie, which I answer somebody else's question with that, which I'll answer you now. It's um, Massimo Mazzucco's 9-11, The New Pearl Harbor. That's five hours long. That's a documentary on 9-11 that I really, 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 really liked. He also did American Moon. I thought that was excellent as well. Uh, and I want the book I want to read on 9-11 that I haven't read yet is Kevin Robert Ryan's Another 19 Investigating Legitimate 9-11 Suspects that I am interested in. And I want the first edition because I always wonder that stuff gets scrubbed in later editions. Yeah, I don't have a favorite on this. I read the 9-11 report. And that's obviously not a, <laughs> not a favorite. But a little opposition research. I wasn't as into the researching back during... During this time when 9-11 I'll happened. tell you, a great book that I read on it was called the, the Big Bamboozle, I think, by Philip Marshall. And it really opened my eyes to it, even though it was a complete whitewash. Like, he completely opened my eyes to the fact that the planes couldn't have crashed into Pentagon. But he used it as a cover to debunk some some truth that I that he was just trying to, you know, whatever you call that, limited hangout. And then he was killed. I don't know if it was like supposedly a, a murder-suicide, but him and his kids and his dog turned up dead. I think it was supposed to be murder-suicide. I, he he killed his dog? It's messed up. Unless the I don't, dog I don't it, believe the dog it. killed itself. I don't believe it. I think he was probably a threat. All right. Caroline? Am I saying that correctly? Caroline. Caroline? Yep. What do you believe about the moon landing? Okay, That's she's the first got a of lot. Many questions. Let's tick these off one by one. Let's just like try to make a quick yes or no. I don't believe that the moon landing, as told, is true, and I would furthermore say I don't think we went there at all. At the very least, the story that we're presented about the moon landing is not true. In in that here's here's how it's not true that we can confirm, and that that is they made it out to be like it was a live showing of somebody stepping on the moon for the first time. They're not going to have someone step out onto another a, a moon far, far away for the first time without knowing what's going to happen. What if an alien or something jumped out and ripped the person's face off on national television live? That's just not going to happen. And there's a bunch of missing hours of the tape. So at the very, very, very least, the presentation of it was manipulated out of context. And did you gibbed. see the new deep fake of Nixon? Addressing that very problem? No. 
Again. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I, I don't know. Yeah. He supposedly there was a speech written in case it all went wrong, because, of course, there would have been if it was true. So they did a deep fake where he reads the speech. Yeah. About apologizing for the, the children for the had to that watch the, the, the yes. ash not get his face ripped off. Yes. It doesn't say how he died, but it says, you know, this. Yeah. They're not doing They're not taking that risk. Everything is about totally. op- optics. Okay. Everything is about right. optics and public presentation with these politicians, and this is no different. So we know that totally. that part of it is a lie. And you know, least. if they faked it, in my mind, it's much more virtuous than if they had let it fail. That's that's my only stumbling block on this is if they if they faked it just to fool the Soviet Union to think that we were winning the space race. I mean, that that ultimately 20 years later won us the Cold War. So kudos on those patriots for doing that. But I don't think they were patriots. So I don't know the real reason they, you know, face saving or or fraud. Oh, here's the thing. A lot of money would have gone into a real program like that. And they could have diverted it somewhere else under the guise and then just made the movie with Stanley Kubrick or whatever. So there is that. Okay, so they're not patriots. So it could be I'm a secret 100%. space program, and we could be all over the solar system. The lie could That's have been true. that we went maybe, there 100 years ago, for all we know. Maybe they're in league with our alien ancestors. I'm going to read, speaking of which, I'm going to read the next uh, two-parter to you, because this is for you, I think. What do you think really happened with the Roswell UFO incident, and what is Area 51 all about? Area 51... I think right now Area 51 is just a propaganda piece to distract people at this point. I think if there was anything there, it's been moved to somewhere else, except maybe the stuff that's buried underneath Area 51. We were playing some clips from the War College podcast where they have a bunch of military experts and generals. It's a military publication. And just kind of nonchalantly, they started talking about the black ops Black project or whatever the black operations projects that are that you don't you don't see you know that dark money, how the planes they made are buried underneath Area 51. These super powered future planes they tested them out for whatever then just buried them underneath area. That's what I'm interested in about Area 51 is what is buried beneath it as opposed to what's actually inside of it. I think Area 51 is the symbol of of bases that are untouchable, the, the mystery around these secret bases in America. But but right now, I doubt there's much to be found inside of it. I would look beneath it's, it. It certainly keeps the UFO thing going and going in a specific direction. Yeah. So it could be a diversion or it could be total psyop. I don't know. Uh, what's the deal? As for Roswell, I have to say, oh, I've watched stuff about, I've watched, I've read stuff about Roswell I don't have a definitive conclusion. I think aliens exist, personally. I believe that aliens exist, and I believe that they could very well be here, but that we would not recognize them if they were standing uh, standing right in front of us. I think we might have uh, been misled about what aliens might come Let across to us as. Do what? Let me ask you a question. Would you know if you were an alien? Well, I mean, we Is could there be a aliens. that you didn't know? Well, I mean, we're aliens. Oh, to someone, you mean right? everyone is a terrorist. That's what I mean. You know, yeah, we're all aliens. But no, but what if you were planted by aliens who are reading your thoughts because you're an alien and they can read your thoughts, but that's, they made you believe that you were not an alien? I could be an alien and don't know it. You could be possible. I think that our idea of what an alien is is very limiting, and 
I think that if there was beings that were at a level where they could get here from distant solar system, I think they're probably perhaps it could exist in another dimension and also be aware of our dimension or like ants we're a thunderstorm to ants i use this example a lot <laughs> but if ants were consciously going we got to get together and get all the people then we might be in trouble <laughs> because ants we're just a natural we don't they don't know what we are aliens could be the same to us we could be the ants to the aliens okay so on that note, let me ask you if you know who is behind the Georgia Guidestones and uh, how is it that no one but that one guy knows anything about it? The comment, well, I don't know about comment, but a theory is that Ted Turner is yeah, behind I've it. Yeah, I've heard that because it's a white-haired man. White-haired man, very wealthy. He's from Georgia. Had He's the from accent. Georgia. And he is very... You know, he, he would be a type of person that would fall into that category of, of globalist, I think. That's my best guess. I think that other people and do know about it. population control advocate, and it's about population yes, control. Yes, very well crafted, too. There are people that believe that it was a marketing stunt by the company. The Was it made out of granite? Oh, Because that is a town that was very much the economy oh. of that town was fueled by that that business but that's such a dark message right I, I if even if it was a pr stunt then it's a pr stunt that has some sort of operative hey. delivering a message through that pr stunt i think both the simpsons and corner gas which is a really funny comedy i really like both conspired to put a tourist attraction so, so casino, Corner Gas. I don't know if you've ever seen I've it. I've heard of it. I've seen it. Okay. It's One really, of my friends I really love it. it. Really? In As Canada? a producer. As a producer. In, like here, not in Canada. Oh, here. Yeah, in Canada. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, because it's like the middle of nowhere, but they, they, their thing was a big, dirty hoe because it's a farming community. Yeah. Only to find out that another town had a big, dirty hoe. So they weren't even original. Yeah. I forget what the Simpsons did, but it is possible. But it, but it's so the message is really dark for. But I guess somebody did it. Somebody did it. It can be both. It could be a PR stunt and it could also be real. Yeah. Intended. Because you have somebody who sense. infiltrates and some people think that that's the center of the planet. That location. Well, I wonder who owned it, who owned the land, who was like I looked like into a lot of mayor. this, and if yeah. I had the documentation in front of me, I could give oh, a little dang. bit more complete answer. But I, I'm still investigating this, and I have actually, I intend to go down there. I want to interview some people down there. But even uh, from what I've, I've read about it and watched about it, it's hard to get too many people who are alive to speak about it. Well, I can tell you right now that in this two-part special, we are only getting through the patron questions and we'll have to save the Twitter questions for another time. So maybe when we get to the Twitter questions, we can address some of the deeper stuff on the Georgia Guidestones. But let's finish with Carol Ann's questions, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Do you believe the stories about the Denver airport, underground city bunkers, et cetera? Yes, I do. You I go do into also. Georgia, it's and if you've ever been in it, it's like, oh yeah, that's weird. And I think the UN, the chapel, I believe I've seen too many reports not to believe it. Although I haven't been in it since I would know to look for this, that the so-called chapel was donated by the Lucifer Trust, and it yeah. is more like a satanic thing in the UN. You're uh, you agree with that? 
Yeah, I, I th- also think there's all these other bases. NORAD, I believe, is in Colorado also. It seems like an area where they kind of laid some foundation. Okay, who's in the Illuminati and what power do they have? Who's in the Illuminati? Kamala Harris. Who? Kamala. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Kamala. What the fuck is wrong with that you, That was buddy? such a racist thing I just God, said. God, I'm so Kamala. offended. Kamala Harris. I really was. I just don't know how to pronounce her name now. Why, they got they it in our heads now. It's, it's like the damn guy who did the Steinle thing. I used to freaking know his name. I knew his name better than anybody in the world. I talked about that guy every day and they changed his name. And yeah, now I can't remember either of name. them. That was crazy. I couldn't believe and it. And I actually asked a friend of mine who was a lawyer in San Francisco to look up his case. And she found it. She's like, oh, I can't believe I could find it. It's such a common name. I thought I would never be able to sort it out. And right after that, they changed his damn name. Damn. Damn. Anyway, so I don't know her name. I don't know who's running. I can't talk about it. I cannot talk about her or the election at all now because I can't say her name. I can't. Think about her name. I'm not sure who all's in the Illuminati. There are secret cabals and groups that exist that are Illuminati, like the Illuminati. They get together in private and they do their rituals and they plan whatever world domination weird plans they have and they do all their weird shit. But I don't know exactly who is in each of the groups. I I knew some... I've known a few people who really are so like high up in banking and stuff that they should know and and don't, I think. So I'm not sure where it begins and ends, but I will say I did watch a video uh, from like the Child Protection International Organization that gets like banned and stuff. I mean, it really looks legit to me. They sue people in court or they have their own court where they, they do trials of real people. And there was the most believable one or two hour video of a woman who as a child was engaged in human hunting parties. And that if you, whatever you call that thing, they, it seems like they were doing that. They engage in these rituals that if you cannot go through with it, they will kill you. And if you can go through with it, they have it on you and people will offer up their own children to it. Yeah, they can compromise you. And the way these, these, the clan, if you research clandestine communication, you will find that the idea is you create these outer layers of these organizations, like the Masons, and they have the levels of, of Masons. And so the people, yes. even at the, all the way at the top of what we're aware of, the idea is to keep even those people unaware of the actual true inside of it. So that when you talk to people, they say there's nothing to what they're saying. So that way it they creates a shield. Yeah. And it's emissaries of these organizations. Masons do a lot of good work. Yeah. They do a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's you join it to do good work and it's quite virtuous. So, so the last question from Carol Ann, and it'll be the last question of this segment is how long before the public will be required to get Bill Gates vaccine in order to participate in buying, selling, working, et cetera. I will tell you, I'm terrified that it will happen while my kids are still in high school and couldn't opt out. I mean, it's going to be very hard to get my kids to stop going to school. Like they are not going to like that if they have to drop. I don't think it's going to happen. 
Really? Well, I'm living in California. I think I maybe gotta in, go. I gotta get out. Maybe of in that part of the country, possibly, but I don't think there's going to be a national mandate. I think the idea is to. They always try and not do the mandates. They try and propagandize the public into getting private organizations to do it themselves, so that they do not have to do the mandate. Agreed. I think that's more likely to happen. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, we've got. Probably too many questions left, even for the patron 15. So if people like this, we'll have to do it again. But I've got lots more on the patron 15, including a little bit about chemtrails and Ghislaine and even the Grateful Dead. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every day that we post at DMB, go to patreon.com slash report and become a patron. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the Patron 15. 